Welcome to season two of NSQ. I'm Priscilla Britton, graduate of Brixton Finishing School, the creators of the Ad Academy, an online course from industry experts for untapped talent. This season, you'll hear from even more of the people behind the creative industry's best work. And if there's a question you want answered but wouldn't ask, send it to us on socials at Brixton F School so I can get you the answers you want. Today, we're in conversation with Ben Major, an experienced talent director with a penchant for sourcing talent for creative agencies like RGA, Mother, and now Media Monks. Ben has committed his time to supporting education programs that provide pathways for talent who are new to the creative industries in his positions as non-exec talent director at Brixton Finishing School and as a mentor at SCA. Ben has successfully placed over a thousand people and is here to share some light on how to get into this elusive industry. Keep listening to hear from Ben. So, recent figures have shown that 61% of the industry has a bachelor's degree versus 27.2% of the British population. As the majority of people working in advertising do have a university education, I'm interested to know, what does a degree signal to talent managers and department leads? And I ask that because BFS supports a lot of non-grads entering the industry. So we want to know what they need to do to illustrate the same competencies. Yeah, the, the subject of degrees came up a lot, I think, a couple of years ago with the rise of BFS and other, other routes in that don't require require a degree but in short nobody needs a degree for advertising it's just it's not rocket science we uh we make films and pictures and do coloring in it's absolutely not necessary but i suppose the vibe of years gone where i don't know especially strap needed to be the smartest person in the room whereas now we recognize you just need to be the most interesting person in the room and this is where bfs found an incredible group of people that were interesting that had a point of view so for me and and also all of these answers are, are of my world and the place as I've worked in influence can't speak for every agency I've taken it off of every job spec out of every conversation and it's never come up no one's ever said to me this person needs a degree for any valid reason I suppose it's not a bad thing if you've got a degree you've learned how to work in groups and you've learned how to research and and you've had that resilience to get through it but you absolutely get those things in in lots of other places so in short it's not needed and I've, I've never really looked for it on CVs or LinkedIn but then you, you look at some agencies and their director level of the more traditional places you do see a lot of you know big unis there and I get it and that was probably some part looking for it and other part of your network you went to that school and those are your friends it's the same and the, the same people are coming through and, it, and they've all been to school at these schools but now every role I have it's it's not required and and we want to make a point of saying it's not required to make sure we get interesting people applying for it not just people that have had the privilege to go to uni so in terms of being interesting is there a candidate that you can think of that recently stood out and was really able to position themselves in that space uh yeah i, I worked with a, a junior and i ended up mentoring her and what we tried to push at bfs and what i've always tried to push is that i'm just interested about you so how can you show me what you're interested in what's your point of view on life on culture on advertising and it's that i'm looking for so anyone that's able to get to that point and have a point of view 
and be passionate about it, be interested. That's what I'm looking for. It might not be that you're passionate about an advert. We might, in our conversation, get to a point and you tell me, I love football. I love netball. And then as soon as I can get that trigger of your love, then I'm going to put on that thread and see how you you get animated about this thing, see what your point of view is on it. And then I start to think, okay, so now in the context of work, when you're going to be into something, you're going to go with it. And that's kind of what we're looking for. And I suppose to the point of, of trying to be noticed on that, it's, it is having a strong point of view. If you have the same point of view as the latest article and campaign, okay, great. But what would be fascinating is if your lived and learned experiences bring you a different point of view on that John Lewis ad that just came out on something. And then I'm fascinated by that. And then I know that our clients be fascinated by that. And what a wonderful angle uh, to have in a creative agency. Love that you can really see the value add demonstrated when people have a strong point of view that isn't maybe an outsider's perspective that isn't currently within the business yeah this is to the to that exact point culture add not culture fit but it's then thinking well how do i find those things and and you need to know that you're it's safe to to have that i need to let you know that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to surprise you. I want to test you. I want you to sat in front of me in your most uncomfortable environment, whether that's in the office, on Zoom, camera off. I get you to a good place. I tell you that's what I'm looking for. And so you know, you have permission now to tell me you hate the John Lewis ad or you hate the work that the agency you're applying for did. Because actually, I might hate it. We might have hated that piece of work. And yet I've had 20 people tell me they love it and it was awful. <laughs> and now you're telling me you hate it. Why do you hate it? Because I've got this bit wrong you got that wrong amazing that's exactly what i want but it's hard to know that you're allowed to do that because no one's really stated that that's what you want you might get thrown the usual questions what's your strengths what's your this and then you just roll out something boring whereas i've just given you the platform to go big on something here's your shot you give me what your opinion is uh, and then that's what we're going to take moving on to our second question and this i think is the number one trigger for most candidates applying to a role which is cvs so how important are cvs and how can a candidate effectively sell themselves yeah the cv thing right that's that's happened for years right it's it's a weird thing for me you know i haven't really looked at a cv for a really long time but obviously when you're starting out it's all you have it's this like one document where you're trying to get everything on but you've got these rules of the cv where it's got to be really formal it's got to be like grammatically correct because of a story's old of someone saying oh they forgot a full stop so i deleted them (laughs) it's it's rubbish right and and a cv a written document like that fits a group of people you might be a brilliant talker but a terrible writer so i'm going to miss out on you because you haven't been able to tell me all these wonderful things about you on a CV. And so you and so most of the world now advertising is run on LinkedIn. Whilst LinkedIn is still uh, you know, you write down your experience, what you love, at least then you've got loads of other ways of showing who you are, what you're about, what your point of view is. You can add things on there, you can put films on, you can put little decks on it now. And because it's a social platform, I can go see the chats that you're in and the threads that you pulled on, and they'll be they'll probably be Rob saying a really big statement about something and you'll pipe up and go Rob you're wrong it's da 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 and I'm suddenly I've got I can see you in conversations it's like this better platform for you to show who you are so I don't want to say that CVs are dead because sometimes you just you know a big company has to have CVs to apply for and it goes through a system but in our business where we're just trying to find the people um, behind that document LinkedIn gives you that but also just getting five minutes with someone on a call is going to be a 
thousand times better than them looking at your CV. I would love to, if, if I could, put the message to everyone to say, look, don't worry about it. Get your LinkedIn in, in a good place. Tell everyone what you're about on LinkedIn. Pile in on those usual big threads on LinkedIn where someone does a silly statement. I don't know, one of those like founders of a startup says that they get up at four in the morning. You know, like chat and stuff like that. So loads of people see it. And really, you just want to get in front of someone. You want to have a chat with someone because then you can get your best self forward. Maybe the CV gets you that chat. Maybe just your persistence on LinkedIn, on, on trying to network with people gets you that chat. Much rather have your elevator pitch face to face than rather just leave your CV there to be not looked at or scanned in three seconds and not find anything interesting about you. I would love for people not to hang up on CVs and, and just uh, follow that more social platform networking uh, type of introduction. That's really cool, like playing the spaces where you can be visible as yourself almost and really be able to get who you are across. But that does make me think, should people be more vigilant of their online presence? Obviously, LinkedIn, as a social network, fine, we get that because it's kind of more career-led and so on. But do you take a look at other profiles also? Generally, no, absolutely not. Like LinkedIn, you've put yourself forward on LinkedIn. You know what LinkedIn is. You've consciously decided, you haven't decided that you want your Instagram to be your, your work self. And my work self is completely different from my personal self. We all code switch going to work and I put my work face and my, my, my telephone voice on. And when I'm my personal or sell for my other platforms of course not you'd never you'd never hire me but on your on your linkedin you might then actually want people to see your instagram because that's your creative outlet or your Twitter. And so then you can choose to put it on your LinkedIn. So then you're linking your social platforms because you've been conscious that actually I'm really good at Twitter. That's my that's my best thing. So you're just figuring out a way to get the best part of you out there to be seen. But I think most people would not do that. There are obviously going to be rogue people that will go and find that and do that without being invited to, to do so or given the permission to do that because they've actually consciously not linked it to LinkedIn or their CV um, but at the same time Instagram is a brilliant platform to show your creative eye and Twitter is a really good platform to show how good you are at explaining something complicated in a tweet that's like advertising in its in its whole that's strategy that's creative can you can you talk about something in a tweet if you could just do a CV with all of your incredible insightful tweets you'd probably get a job quicker. Just going back to what you're talking about in terms of like getting your five minute conversation and your chance to give an elevator pitch. And I know that that's not an interview, but it's um, it's a first meet. And I suppose that's where you're sort of forming that initial opinion on a candidate. What kind of questions would you expect to be asked or what do you think is important for a candidate to get across? I think, first of all, getting that time is the hardest thing. And that's to my point before we start the podcast, I said, actually, avoid me. Avoid anyone with talent, recruitment, HR in their title. Because let's say my day-to-day -day is these 20 roles. They're all high priority, senior, and, and the MDs on my back to go do these roles. So when I get this LinkedIn message out of my 100 LinkedIn messages I got that day, I will never be able to get to it as much as I would love to get to it. But a midweight strat that just finished a pitch the other day and now has a, a quiet day will see that LinkedIn message come up 
and is a lot more likely to be able to have that time and have that chat than anyone, any of us gatekeepers. And then you've got this wonderful other way in. They might suggest you, recommend you, or they will just give you that time to have that chat. And like you said, I suppose it is a kind of interview, but not kind of interview. So really go into it with that childlike curiosity of just asking all the questions you really wish you could ask and maybe not always feel safe enough when you're in an official interview and you have that chance and it's kind of like a it's almost like a book crit and 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 you still do have to be persistent it, it takes a bit of resilience to be ignored a hundred times and i'm absolutely awful about it i'm too sensitive to be ignored but you've just got to recognize that person might be on a pitch and so you're the last thing they're going to do then that random tuesday you do it they've got time they saw a thing so you just almost got to keep getting to the top of their ring box keep doing it don't take it personally and then when you get that time you just get it all out whatever you can ask all those questions and it's those small chats that you have that suddenly in four years time just come back that person might be a colleague that person might be hiring you might be hiring them there is no wasted chats in any of this Assuming now that chat went really well and an offer has landed in your inbox, how would you go about accepting, negotiating or declining? Money and negotiating is a, is such a tough area, like the best negotiators in the world and loads of money, right? It's because the whole of business is based on negotiating more and knowing your, your worth. But in terms of salaries and advertising, I would like to think it's quite transparent because there's lots of salary surveys out there. You can go to any recruitment agency and they always publish their salary surveys. You're going to know if I'm a junior in this area, it's kind of in this band. My first ever job, probably going to be at the lower end of that band. I've got experience. I'm going to be at the higher end of that band. Um, some smaller independent agencies you could probably take a guess they haven't got as much money as the big networks so if i was applying to a 20 person small independent i'd probably guess maybe london living wage they'll end up paying me and i, I will push they'll probably be honest whereas if i applied for publicists we got the cash it's also just you know throughout your career you'll constantly have that chat about money depending on your who you are what your life's been like how how, how your world's evolved around money will determine how confident you are in talking about it i hate talking about it yet i've been in recruitment it's been the hardest thing and i've only learned further in my career that you know what your worth is and sometimes the best negotiation is you pick that number you say it this is what i'm worth you don't then say something else you don't smile you don't blink you just say i want 100k do not be the first person to look away to blink to smile and 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 be certain about your worth but you know because like i said the salary service out there you kind of know where you're at and you just have to make sure you'll keep pushing for what you're worth in advertising you can sometimes choose to be all about the work and only work at those places that do that that make incredible work but you might not earn as much or money might be really important to you because you need it you support a family and so actually you might go work for the bigger groups and you might not make as uh, as great as work but for you that your priority is money so always just follow the salary salary surveys be strong and try and get as much as you want it should be an admired skill that you're passionate about your own work I've never seen a company rescind their offer because you've been cheeky and said I want this obviously if you start coming in as a junior demanding loads of money then you've got to then question that do you know have you done your research why are you asking for this and, and yeah it might get a city so I would just follow the salary surveys 
speak to your friends when you have those small chats speak if you feel brave enough talk about money get a hold of that midweight person or direct person tell me tell me about money tell me how you did it i think that's so strong like definitely doing your research and going out to those salary surveys so if you didn't know now you know check out the salary surveys and then being just bold like do your research number one so that you know that whatever you ask for is competitive if the offer comes back and maybe it's just that you don't think that the agency is quite the right fit or the money isn't what you need. How do you politely decline an offer without compromising the relationship that you've built through the interview process? Yeah, look, it's a it's a hard skill and it's and it's sometimes it's like you know, breaking up with a partner as well, right? <laughs> how do you how do you reject advances and, and you just try and be as, as polite as possible, but also as transparent. So they're very clear on why you're rejecting it, because actually one day you don't want to burn that bridge, right? Whilst an agency would be really upset if they knew that I need more money because whatever your reasons for money so i have to go and uh, take this offer at this agency and they might go oh but you won't make as much work or we'll develop you better or we'll do this you know you're just being straight i would love that you could answer but at the moment my priority is to make sure i'm i'm earning a good living for what i'm doing i hope one day when i've got more experience maybe we could have another chat and i'll come back and be at a level where i, I earn the money I, I i need you're always sadly in advertising offsetting sometimes work and the and the fame and the ego of maybe working on nike at widens and nike at ones might pay you loads still but they might also not have as much money as publicists working on or wpp working on shell <laughs> and and you might earn more so you so sadly this is what happens when you look at more senior people actually if you don't understand privilege or what people had to do and you look at this cv and they've worked on shell at wpp it doesn't mean they they're in it because they love that they might have had to choose that because that's what's most important uh, and you're still going to go interview them for that nike job because you recognize that they might have had to choose the highest offer when they're a junior um but actually that, that might not have been the most prestigious agency you know just try and be as transparent when you do reject offers or accept offers so people recognize why you're doing that and hopefully then in the future different things happen new circumstances and, and that opportunity might come up again that is actually the end of my questions thank you so so much for sharing all of your wisdom and wise words i think there is going to be a lot people take out in terms of how to manage these situations because nobody really tells you what good looks like in trying to land a role where to go how to put yourself forward what people are looking for and then ultimately how to accept or decline a position so you've really helped and that's very kind thank you and and uh yeah look, this is just my point of view on things i'm sure there'll be other people in my role that might disagree agree but uh in my experience that's been the best ways of um getting yourself seen negotiating money making the right decisions so uh yeah i'm really happy if i've helped no doubt that you have Thanks for listening to season two of NSQ, No Stupid Questions, a podcast brought to you by the Ad Academy, a new online course from industry experts for untapped talent to help you understand how the creative industries work. On the Friday following the episode release, which usually drops on a Thursday, our guests will take over the Brixton F School Twitter account to share the gems that didn't make the episode. So check it out. And always remember, success isn't always getting it right. It's learning.